This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zinn. Find your Zinn online or in a store near you at zinncom slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. And we're back at it again, fighting the good fight in sports talk radio. A very noble profession, I think you'd agree, doing sports talk radio. And we hear a lot of BS. We talk about a lot of BS. But what I witnessed, what I was a witness to uh, a few hours ago, got me so worked up. I said, I cannot wait. I was going to wait. I was going to, ah, I could talk about that in hour number two. No, I cannot talk about that in hour number two. And then I was like, well, maybe maybe people don't want to hear it right off right away. I'm like, no, I want to talk about it. Now, we are still awaiting the final tale of the tape from Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, the dog and pony show in the desert that took place a few days ago. And specifically, the number of suckers who paid for the fight, full price, full price. Now, I, full disclosure here, I was one of my relatives is one of those suckers and paid full price for the fight, and I happened to pay nothing and then went over to the, they had a party and I went over there, and so, uh, so that's the way that worked. But the the number is how many paid for the fight. That's the number. Well, Dana White unknowingly chimed in on. Chimed in. I assume it was unknowingly, and if you've not heard about this, uh, you might have missed it. Maybe it's not on the radar yet. I imagine this will be on the radar later today. But uh, speaking in a candid fashion, one of these Instagram videos from a UFC legend, Dana White could be heard mumbling and stumbling in the background. A very jovial crowd there, very excited crowd after the fight. And Dana White, they were discussing exactly how many buys this sham fight managed to take down the unsuspecting U.S. sports consumer. Now, this comes, I, full disclosure, it comes from the London tabloids, but before you say, oh, look at the source, it was based on, the whole thing is based on an Instagram video of Dana White, of Dana White, and in the... Instagram video, Dana White says the following. He says, 6.5 million 
pay-per-view buys. 6.5 million pay-per-view buys. And everyone in the room gasped. They were like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. 6.5 million people. So let's talk about this. The, the initial reaction I had was this is, this is ridiculous. But the question is, do you believe that the Mayweather-McGregor fight, something that had been hyped up for many, many months, we know, we've known about it for over a year, do you believe that it did 6.5 million pay-per-view sales? No, I don't. Uh, th- this is something I would file away in the category of puffery, exaggeration. I'd throw in some funny math, and I would also add to that near impossible. So I'd put all of that together. And, and I'll tell you why. To begin with, Dana White has not made these comments, that, to my knowledge, publicly. This was a private conversation. He was talking with some friends in a room in Vegas somewhere. So let's use some sound judgment on this. If the number was really 6.5 million, let's let's say that's accurate. Don't you think that that announcement would have come down first thing Monday morning? There would have been a announcement on social media. There would have been some kind of news conference and Dana White and the people at Showtime would have gotten together and said, 6.5 million in your face, in your face, in your face, in your face. Instead, we got radio silence. There were claims made by some around the pay-per-view that's going to take up to six weeks to get an accurate report. We don't know the actual data until six weeks go by. You know what this sounds like to me? This sounds like LeVar Ball. Right, LeVar Ball, when the question came up about how much money Lonzo could get on a shoe contract, and LeVar, being the showman that he is, he started throwing numbers out there. Now it went up to $3 billion. Yeah, that's That seems like Dana White took a page out of the LeVar Ball handbook with this particular story. It sounds like a big pile of puffery mixed with some exaggeration. As spice on top. Now Mayweather McGregor, we know the price was basically hundred bucks, ninety nine dollars and ninety five cents. It's hundred dollars. So what does that mean? If Dana White is correct with his puffery, which I don't think he is, uh, but the, the the numbers work out this way: that fight, if this is accurate, generated six hundred and fifty million dollars just in the pay per view, just in the pay per view. Now to put that in perspective, the figure, if it's 65, if that's accurate, the 65, uh, 6.5 million, that number would obliterate all previous records for pay-per-view sales. The biggest at this moment was Floyd Mayweather against Manny Pacquiao. That is currently the gold standard. They, the number was 4.6 million who bought that uh, when Pacquiao and Mayweather both passed the expiration date, certainly Pacquiao uh, more than Mayweather. But that was back in 2015. So now we are a couple years later, and with all the ways to avoid paying for the fight, we are led to believe that 1.9 million more bought the fight? Really? I find that hard to believe. I find that hard to believe. Now, furthermore, the conservative estimates, and we've talked about this. If you listen to the show, you've heard it. The conservative estimates tell us that 3 million people illegally viewed the fight. Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, there were a cornucopia of ways to avoid having to pay to watch the melee in the desert. Uh, now, now, this was the most illegally viewed sporting event in the history uh, of the world, right? It's a pirate's life for me. So if you add that number, and again, the conservative estimate's $3 million, and you add that to the the unofficial 6.5 million of Dana White, you are entering into the territory of 10 million people watching an amateur boxer against Floyd Mayweather. That sounds like some funny math. Where I'm sitting, that sounds like some funny math. Now, Floyd Mayweather claimed that the fight with McGregor also had broken the record for gate receipts generated in a boxing match. 
You got to remember, though, they didn't sell the arena out. They they tried to gouge everybody with as much as they could. You know, the, the nosebleed seats were three thousand dollars or two thousand dollars. So they were they were going big, go big or go home. And so yeah, they set the record, but this, the arena was not sold out. And what about the split? Now that's been on the down low. A lot of speculation, a lot of rumor, innuendo about who's going to get what. But the general consensus from those that seem to know is that Mayweather is going to get 70% of the pay-per-view profits, and then Conor McGregor is going to get 30%. And remember, McGregor, he had been telling everybody when he wasn't ripping the head of Showtime, he was going around telling everyone he was going to quadruple his net worth and his net worth was in the neighborhood of $35 million, which is a pretty good net worth, $35 million. But if this is accurate, let, let's say it's $650 million. Again, I don't think it is, but Dana White told people that. But let's do some math. If it's $650 million, okay, that, if that's the, the total, let's chop $50 million off for expenses and uh, salaries of people that work uh, at Showtime and all that. So that's... Let's take $50 million off the top. That leaves a pile of $600 million, and you divide that up 70-30, and then my math, and again, I learned at Saddleback College, one of the great institutions of higher learning, the Harvard of the community college circuit on the West Coast, uh, just beautiful people and beautiful education. Uh, my math tells me McGregor would clear $180 million dollars if that is uh, the, the numbers are what Dana White says the numbers are. I am skeptical. Again, I keep repeating that. I keep going back to that. Now, the last observation, last observation is this. We are likely to never know the real number. Is that a fair statement? I believe it is a fair statement. Uh, there have been lawsuits against Showtime. A guy in Portland has been a very aggressive in particular. There have been refunds that have been handed out because of the shoddy quality of the feed for that particular fight. You also wonder how many people had to go back and to buy the fight again because they had already paid for the fight and it wasn't working, so they panicked and they're like, okay, let me pay for it again. Maybe somehow the glitch will be fixed. So it is near impossible to get a straightforward answer. And you, you toss in the illegal streamers, and it really was a freeloader's paradise. So I find it hard to believe that you could get 6.5 million paying customers. And if it was anywhere close to that number, then I will guarantee, I will bet you anything you want to bet that there's a rematch in one year. If that got 6.5 million then there is no way on God's green earth that there's not a rematch in a year. They'll come up with some Fugazi story about how McGregor, you know, he feels like he needs another chance at redemption and all that. They'll come up with something. But if that's the number, this is going to happen again. It is going to happen again. All right, Ben Maller Show on Fox. You are welcome to join us. Operators are standing by. You can join the program. We'll take your phone calls. Uh, what do you think about that? You're buying a Dana White's claim, 6.5 million suckers who paid for this particular fight. Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Right over there. Now, trying to get the pulse of the people, Eddie, uh, I asked this to the minions, the Maller militia that follow me on social media, and I asked what they did. And there were three options here, Eddie. Yes. All right. Again, Is this one of your fixed polls or a real poll? I don't do fixed, Eddie. Uh, that's a, a lie. I am a legitimate newsman. That is an, another lie. But <laughs> I, I, I ask you again, was this a legitimate poll? Did you have three options where, or however many options, where there were different oh, responses possible? Of course possible? there were different responses. Okay. That's how I always right. do it. No, that's not true, but go ahead. That's how I always do not, it. Not true at all. Remember one what, of, were the, one, what were the responses? My, what was the question? One of my previous polls, we found out you were a Charger fan. The people voted that you were a Charger fan, even though you deny that. On the air. Yeah. But anyway. The choices were is he yes, oh, absolutely yes, so positively yes. Be an adult, Eddie, yeah. please. Strong <laughs> ah. with you. Oh. All right. Anyway, so Dana White, again, the claim was 6.5 million people paid for the McGregor-Mayweather fight. You happened to, and then there were three options. Option one was pay $100 for the fight. Option two was watch an illegal stream. 
and option three was ignore it. Now, what do you think? You have three options there, Eddie. What do you think most people say? Well, there's another option, though, that I think a lot of people took advantage of, and that was paying, you know, as a group. That's not a lot. I don't care about that. I, well, I think most people probably did that, though. Doesn't that's matter. what we were going to do until Coop torpedoed my party, but nah, that's nah. what we were going to do. Well, I went to a party I didn't have to pay. All right. Yeah. Um, I would say that the majority of people probably paid. All right, so you think the most people paid. Uh, you are completely wrong. Uh, there have been almost 1,000 votes, and I just put this up a couple hours ago. There's over 1,000, almost 1,000. We'd be over 1,000 in a couple minutes. Uh, the number... Right now is 16% said they paid for the fight, paid $100 for the fight. 36% of people say, claim that they watched illegal streams on Facebook and, and YouTube and all that. And then the vast majority, almost 50%, said they ignored the Mayweather-McGregor fight. How many people have voted? Uh, n- close to 1,000. We're a few away from 1,000. So you, you still have time to sway the vote, Eddie. You can get your vote in. It's right there. It's, pin, it's pinned to the top of my page. I'll pin it here in a sec. There you go. It's very exciting. I'm pinning on the radio. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I don't uh, know that you've ever done that on the radio uh, before. This so is radio history for you. New ground. New ground. Uh, absolutely. New ground. All right. Anyway, we'll take uh, your phone calls. The whole thing will be part of the radio show. And I'm told there is food here. Uh, I've not eaten in many hours. Uh, I was I double fisting the doggies. <laughs> I've gone with a uh, a fasting. It's, it's not just food. It's uh, it's yeah. it could be the greatest sandwich, sandwich of all time. Yeah. And everything's good, Coop. We got everything we wanted. I... Yeah. Yep. All good. Okay. All right. I saw some desserts there, Coop. I thought you weren't going for the dessert. I changed my mind. Okay. What a shock. <laughs> Was there more than as, one? As, as did I. I can't. I can't. Uh, oh, you went all in. Yeah, too? you were the only one that didn't go dessert. I was the first. I, he was. He texted me and asked me, and I said no, no, thank you. And then I went. Well, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Uh, on hold- second thought, yes. Oh, now I feel. You should, Coop, you should have said everyone else is getting dessert. I would have gotten dessert. See, I wasn't going to get a dessert, but Danny G wanted dessert, and I was like, <laughs> no, no, all right, you well, didn't text. So it's Danny's fault. But, no, but Coop, you should have texted me back <laughs> and said, you know, the other guys, because I we talked on the air last night and we agreed, kind of no, no, no desserts, too much. <laughs> so I didn't know about this new wrinkle about dessert i would have gotten a shake ben mine is untouched i will split it with you nah, I, you know I, what Come kind, on, what kind of two, two straws two what, straws what, what, no that's <laughs> <laughs> like uh lady in the tramp yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> get some spaghetti also we got a little piece of spaghetti <laughs> all right it's the ben maller show on fox we'll take your phone calls uh, boy i'm excited about that can we play extra commercials so i can just eat no, we can't do that? No, I cannot do that. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We love the transaction. Is that a fair statement to make? The transaction. A player you've heard of changing teams is somewhat exciting. This is not a bad thing. Yes, the transaction is good. Now, it's also fascinating when a player is deemed useless by one team and then is celebrated when they go to another team. And that is the world of Joe Hayden, the roller coaster ride of Joe Hayden, defensive back formerly of the Cleveland Browns. Now, if you followed the thrill ride, you know what we're talking about, but perhaps you did not. The Cleveland Browns decided they no longer wanted to be in the Joe Hayden business. And as a result, they hit the eject button and said, you get out of here. We do not want you around and so the, the Browns said, hey, we'll get rid of you. Now, the, the rumor was they were very motivated to try to trade Hayden, defensive back Joe Hayden, and nobody wanted him. Not a single NFL team said we would like that player. And a lot of it's based on his contract, which just was not attractive, apparently, to anyone in the NFL. So in the end, because nobody stepped up and said we'll trade for him, the Cleveland Browns fired Joe Hayden. They released, there's only like three players on the Browns you've ever heard of. So when they get rid of somebody you have heard of, you're like, wow, now there's like only one guy left I've heard of on the Cleveland Browns. So that led to a feeding frenzy as we advance the story. In fact, if you believe the rumor mill, we are told that 40% of NFL franchises attempted to woo Mr. Hayden. 
40%. 13 teams were interested in Joe Hayden, the short-term unemployed defensive back. And in less than 24 hours, like if you work overnights, depending, and I assume you are, but depending on what time you go to bed, by the time you woke up, Joe Hayden had already been released and found a new team. That quickly, in not even 24 24 hours, this was like seven hours. Uh, He he had decided to visit the Pittsburgh Steelers first. He visited Pittsburgh, spent a couple hours being wined and dined by the brass in the Berg, and then agreed to a contract. And so he found employment not far away from Cleveland, just down the road there in Pittsburgh. So let's talk about this. Now, the question. With all the attention this particular roster move got with Hayden getting released and then ending up with the Steelers, how confident can you be if you are a Steeler fan that Joe Hayden's addition is going to be an improvement for Pittsburgh? Now, I have pulled out the Maller, very patented Maller scale of confidence. 1 to 10 and 10 being eternal bliss with this move for the Pittsburgh Steelers adding Joe Hayden. I'm going to give this a four. That's it. That's not very – I'm going four. Slightly below average on the Maller scale of confidence, and here's why. You've got legend versus fact, diminishing returns, and you also have a chip on the shoulder, which does work in the favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But number one, Joe Hayden has been going the wrong direction. I believe that is an accurate statement. Joe Hayden, had, he was hurt in 2015. He only played five games. And then he came back, and by those that pay very close attention to Joe Hayden, he was constantly battling minor injuries last year. He was able to play through most of them. And the stat geeks have painted a picture of Hayden's performance, and it's garbage is what it is in Cleveland. You understand when you hear the numbers – why Joe Hayden was persona non grata in Cleveland. Hayden's passing rating allowed statistic was really good. The, the first year he didn't play very much, but the second and the third year he was, he was pretty good. And then the, the, the years after that, the next couple of years, he was wonderful. But the last two years, he has completely fallen into the Grand Canyon here. Trending the wrong direction is an understatement. And there's a phrase that we use from time to time, and it applies here. When the legend becomes the fact, print the legend. The man who shot Liberty Valance, a film from the 1960s. But it's a great quote, and it certainly applies to Joe Hayden. And I know the yeah, but crowd's going to check in. They're going to be, yeah, but but you know, he had, you got to defend Joe Hayden because he played in Cleveland and the Browns suck. They got no safety. Yeah, but look at the other guys around the Browns. They don't have a lot there. You know, come on. Yeah, but the Browns pass rush has been terrible. Yeah, but this, yeah, but that. It's very annoying. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The problem with that position, if you're on that side of the aisle, here's the problem. Joe Hayden made the Pro Bowl back in, I believe it was 2013, on a 4-12 Cleveland Browns team. They had crap they were serving up on one side. And they also had diarrhea on the other. So they mixed that together. On one side, they had crap. On the other side, they had diarrhea. And that was the 2013 Cleveland Browns. And that year, Joe Hayden allowed a passer rating against him of 75.2. And the next year, in 2014, the Browns also stunk out loud like they usually do. And Joe Hayden, again, with a passer rating allowed in the 75 range. So he, he, he according to Pro Football Focus, the current Joe Hayden uh, was number 98 out of defensive backs. Out of, a, out of 119, he was number 98, which means there's only like 20 guys, some of them aren't even in the NFL, that were worse than this guy last year. Now, the second point, as we yap here on the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio, while his recent play, and you look at the numbers, and the numbers tell a story, the Browns have been terrible. Joe Hayden's recent play, we know it's lacking. Clearly, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going all in. And they believe, just by crossing over the Ohio-Pennsylvania state line, that Joe Hayden's going to have a career renaissance in Pennsylvania. He is only 28 years old, I believe, so it's not like he's a dinosaur. This is not a Revis situation. Although it kind of seems like a Revis situation, where Revis just fell off the map with the Jets. 
But Hayden, if you base this on science, is still in his prime. And so either the, the Steelers are being fast and loose with the money and the checkbook and all that, or they are really convinced that just getting rid of the stench of the Cleveland Browns uniform, Joe Hayden is going to be this wonderful player. He's got a three-year contract, $7 million, I believe, guaranteed in that contract. So you combine that with the $4 million that the Browns had to pay Joe Hayden to go pound sand, and that is $11 million that he is going to make to play defensive back. That does sound like a Revis-type situation. Remember, last year, Revis Island went from Revis Island to Bikini Island with the Jets. It was a debacle Uh, last season. It was not a good situation at all. And so here's the deal. Hayden is a big injury risk. A lot of nicks uh, and and scrapes and whatnot last year playing with the Browns. I know some of that's just going to happen by playing football. But it has been several years now with diminishing returns. It's not just one year. It's a couple years. So it is unrealistic to expect a complete refurbishing, a complete bounce-back season. If the Steelers think that they've got a shutdown corner, they're wrong. That's not the case. Now, the final word here. On one hand, you got to think it's demoralizing and disheartening when you get told by the Cleveland Browns that they don't want you, that you're not good enough for them. We would assume that Cleveland figured they can win one game or two games with anybody playing defensive back. They don't need this guy, Joe Hayden. But on the other hand, this is the thing. Uh, How much of this was manufactured by the people around Joe Hayden? This seems the, 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 the quickness where Hayden signed in Pittsburgh, this reeks of an orchestrated situation where people around Hayden through back channels, we're trying to get this done, and this has likely been in the works for a couple of weeks or at least a couple of days. It, it just happened so fast where you assume that there were some conversations that took place between surrogates, meaning the agent of Joe Hayden and the Pittsburgh Steelers, to get it done. It, it's like those free agent contracts in the NBA where they sign the contract like three minutes after the, uh, the moratorium is off. And all of a sudden, they've got like a $100 million contract all worked out. It's like, come on. I mean, it's ridiculous. All right, anyway, so the Ben Maller Show on Fox. And we bring in Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Garcia is the name there. Is right. Yeah. Are you excited, Eddie? Are you going to get a Joe Hayden jersey? Uh, no, I am not. You are but not. But I am hopeful that he will improve a secondary, which features... Such names as Ross Cockrell What's wrong with and him? William Gay. Well, they're not very good. You against, against gay people? Uh, no, I'm not. But I am against defensive backs who can't cover. And uh, yeah. both those guys are not very good. Uh, Joe mm-hmm. Hayden is very likely an improvement over either of those gentlemen. Uh, shut down corner? Of course not. Uh, but was, uh, uh, Again, last year, according to the Stat Geek websites, who grade defensive backs, he was 98th in the NFL out of 119. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Yes. Would you rather have him over Russ Cockrell or William Gay? Yes Those or no? Those are good names. Yeah, Those... they're not. They're good names, but they're yeah. not good defensive backs is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, I would rather have okay. Joe Hayden. What about giving people an opportunity? They've had their opportunity. Giving him a chance. Maybe yeah. they'll grow. They're like a flower and they'll blossom. Uh, unlikely. Unlikely? Yeah. yeah. That would be a great law firm. Cockrell and Gay. <laughs> all right. I don't know why that was funny, but uh, <laughs> all right. All right. anyway, it's, uh, I think you do know why. Yeah, yeah, I know, Eddie, I know. where did Cockrell come from? His parents got That's together. Right. They had no, sex, no, no, and then man. he was born nine months later. Yes. I mean, what school did he go oh, to? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Kentucky, maybe. Huh. Right. This is great radio. Let's no, break no. down Cockrell on yeah. the radio. Never heard of him, Ben. Well, yeah, because never he's heard of him. Done anything? I was close. He went to Duke. Duke, yeah. Well, in college basketball, they're close. And in football, they're close. Although Duke, the last couple of years, has been like middle of the road, right, in football. They've been a little yeah, they're okay. They're like, they, they used to be, back in the day, one of the worst programs. One of the great doormats. Yes. But that's that's a million years ago, Eddie. you gotta, you got to live in the moment. you got to live today. So did you see this story going around? There's a, a startup that is going to rent jerseys. Did you see this, Eddie? Like, oh, you, Helmet Man is going to be excited about this news. No, this is not good for Helmet Man because he sells the jerseys. Well, he could donate his vast collection to this 
to this group, and they could rent them out. Yeah, Who so doesn't you, want to rent an Eric Mould's jersey? Now, this has been attempted before, but this startup's going to let fans like you or me rent a jersey. So you could, they're going to let the – now, this is not going to work, right? No, no, it's not going to work. It's not. No, I, I understand the concept is a, good. As do I. The jerseys can be expensive, and players Change sometimes – teams yeah, a lot. Exactly. The cost is 20 bucks a month. If you're an adult, it's 17 bucks. if you're a kid. Shouldn't it be lower if you're a kid? And they claim that... I guess those kids' sizes are tougher to come by. Apparently. But they don't have all the... They don't have all the teams. Right? They don't In their inventory, they don't have all the teams. But they, or all it, the players, I'm sure. Yeah. it's The, the model is like, like Netflix. That kind. Eh. You it's different like it. with clothes. You want to wear someone else's clothes, some other jersey that they've been wearing around and sweating in. I know they wash them, but... Yeah. You know, excited. Yeah, Eddie's right. Not a fan. Ben, this is like how Tinderonis do this with purses, with high-end purses. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. You, you've never heard about that? Like no. women can rent like a Louis Vuitton purse. I wish Mrs. Garcia would rent them and not buy them. <laughs> Let me tell you something, women. If I was a woman, how many I, purses do you need? I, I would honey? just buy a knockout, like a rip-off, uh, a knockoff purse is what I would buy. I, I find that hard to believe that you would do something like that, Ben. So, well, it looks the same. How can you really tell the difference? But I, I don't. How do you tell the difference, Danny? Can you they, tell the they difference? They know. They know. We don't know, but uh, they know. Yeah, women know. Really? Knockoff. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I have no idea. Anyway, so that company. How many years do you give that company before they uh, go belly up? Year and a half. Year and a half. Okay. I don't know what kind of money they have behind that, but uh, see, I could get it. Like, if, if you're like a, not a real hardcore sports fan, I could kind of get it, maybe for a couple months. Just like around the Super Bowl, but only hardcore sports fans wear jerseys. Really? Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. They go to parties though. It's like a fashion thing for some people. Super Bowl parties and things like that. No. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, let's get to it. Here we go. Let's do it. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This. Is when Big Ben gets grilled. All right, here we go. It's Maller to the third degree, and we bring in a man whose stomach is on fire right now from eating not only the sandwich, not only the French fries, but he had to shake also the Coupe de Loup. Now, Ben, it was reported on Tuesday that there is a strong possibility that the Cavaliers were planning on this trade stalemate with Boston all along. The idea being that they are now looking to sweeten the pot due to Isaiah Thomas's hip issue that they already knew about. Ben, what do you think the likelihood is of this being an elaborate scheme by the Cavaliers? Yeah, I know that's a working theory that's going around. I, I don't buy it. And, I, and I'll tell you what. A, this has been an internet conspiracy for several days. It started on social media. I first saw it over the weekend. And my theory is that the, the Cavaliers made the trade they then heard Danny Ainge pontificate to the media in Boston about Isaiah Thomas and his poor hip and that being the inspiration, the onus for this particular trade. And then they looked at the medical reports of the Cavaliers and they like they panicked. They were like, oh, my God, no. That's an actual quote. And so that's the way I assume it went down. Now, a lot of people are pinning this on ownership, some pinning this on the GM in theory, Colby Altman is the guy's name. This would be career suicide for the, the general manager, the figurehead GM, Colby Altman. You don't want the reputation for double dealing and swindling. Everyone knew Isaiah Thomas had a bad hip. It was not hidden but from anyone. And, and if the Cavaliers really did pull this kind of stunt, they're going to get blacklisted, and the, the Cavaliers are going to have problems making trades going forward if that's actually the case. I don't buy it. I think they, they looked at the uh, the player, and they, they saw the report. They heard Ainge, and then they freaked out. All right, next. Despite having one of the top quarterbacks in the country last season, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish really struggled with a 4-8 record. Now, head coach Brian Kelly said this week that he has made many changes to his approach during the offseason, that he really expects vast improvements this year. What do you think, Ben? Is that just a bunch of hot air? Yeah, I, I think that this is what he has to say. What do you expect the coach at Notre Dame to say? No, we're going to suck. We changed their offensive and defensive coordinators. We had this new recruiting class, but we're going to be garbage again. He can't say that. you got to sell optimism. 
And more importantly for Brian Kelly, Notre Dame, they need a return to glory. I know they were great a couple of years ago, but they need a return to glory now. So if not, they'll be shopping for a new head coach. Brian Kelly's head will be on the chopping block if Notre Dame has another in-the-tank year in South Bend. First of all, the Irish, I mentioned new coordinators. they got a new offensive coordinator with promises they're going to finally speed up that offense which has been stuck back in the Stone Age, and they're not going to be as dependent as the on the power running game, which it was a staple of Notre Dame football in recent years. And they got a new quarterback. Uh, Kaiser's moved on to the Browns. This guy, Brandon Winbush, uh, is the, the name that gets tossed around. He's gotten a lot of hype as a dual-threat quarterback. I need to see it to believe it on Saturdays in the fall here, starting this weekend. It's a wild-card situation on offense for Notre Dame. You got a new coordinator, you got a new quarterback. And secondly, the Irish last year, you talk about the luck of the Irish. They played seven games that were decided by a touchdown or less, and the luck of the Irish went one in six in those games. So much for that. And now you've got a schedule that includes a game with Georgia at Michigan State, at North Carolina. They play USC, uh, and the, uh, the usual game there, the rivalry game, and North Carolina State in South Bend. They also have to go to Miami at Stanford. So if Notre Dame, they're going to win 10 or 11 games, but if Notre Dame can win nine games this year, that is a success. But to answer your question again, what is Brian Kelly supposed to say? He's got to say that stuff. Every year you got to say that stuff because if you're honest, you're doomed. Next. Ben, there's a private school in Maryland that recently banned students from wearing any kind of Redskins gear or Redskins apparel. The uh, head of the school said that... The head of the school who's a pansy, yes, continue. <laughs> he said the term Redskin is a racial slur. Yes. Its use, whether intentional or not, can be deeply insulting and offensive. Yeah. Is, that, this, is this where, Coop, I need to open up the phone lines to our friends on reservations that, that all the time... I, I've taken calls from people, uh, kids going to school, they wear the Redskins gear, they wear the Indians gear, but, uh, of course, we're, we're not supposed... To, anyone else can't wear it, I guess. Yes. yes, of course. So yeah. it's unfortunate for these students in in, uh, in Maryland. But my question for you, Ben, was what's the most uh, ridiculous dress code that you've had to abide by or, or the one that you upset well, you the well, most? Well, listen, Coop, I, I, as you know, I work in radio. Uh, my entire adult life I've been very fortunate to work in broadcasting. And I did not go to a religious school, so I didn't have to worry about that when I was growing up. I, don't, I pretty much never had a real dumb dress code to deal with, I guess, to lead off with, in, you know from doing overnight radio here that our bosses are just happy if we take a shower once a week. That's an accomplishment, and we wear underwear. If those two things happen, that's a win. So I remember when uh, Deb Carson, who works here during the day, and she started working overnights, and she would get all dolled up, and she'd look just wonderful. And I said, what are you doing? We're doing overnights, Deb. You should dress like a bum like everyone else. What's wrong with you? Uh, furthermore, I did do a year of television at the ill-fated NBC Sports Network in beautiful Stanford, Connecticut, and I did have to wear TV clothes, the clown suit on television. Uh, but I didn't mind it because I guess you're supposed to dress up when you're on television and all that, but I, I didn't mind it too much because I figured they're paying me a lot more money than they make in radio, so it's, if you pay me more money, I'll dress up. All right, there it is. Uh, we have one uh, one more segment to go this hour. There it is, Mallard of the Third Degree. How did we do? Well, Ben, did you have to wear uh, – what you wear during your wedding? Uh, I wore like a, a nice pair of slacks, some expensive slacks. And I was in Hawaii. It was hot. I wore a, a nice shirt. I didn't wear a, a suit for my, my wedding. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. No, I didn't. All right, you passed this edition. There it is. What do you think? I got all dressed up for my wedding? <laughs> what, what did Rachel have on? Oh, how dare you. How dare you. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. We're going to bring it right now is what we're going to do, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It's now time for... Time for... Well, hurry, hurry. I can hardly wait. Ask Ben. Twitter. Send us your questions on Twitter now. And away we go. It is Ask Ben time. Your questions are answers. It's uh, kind of like a, a lottery ticket. You never know what you're going to get. You probably won't win, but maybe you will. It's a game of chance. And let's go into the bag of questions. We'll pass the microphone over to the Coop 
Dalup, Justin Cooper with these these questions. Cool. Ben, here's a question uh, for you. Okay. This is from Cardiac Stanley on uh, on Twitter. Oh, so hello, Cardiac Stanley. The, the fake Cardiac Stan, I believe. I don't, I don't think they're the same person, but really, I thought uh, he's on hold right now. Well, yeah, the real one is on hold. Okay, the one on Twitter, I don't think so. All right, I could be wrong. Anyway, Ben, back in your Saddleback intramural basketball days, yeah. did you ever mess around and get a triple double? And no, not a Wendy's triple. Uh, when I played basketball, I was more of a double double guy. I'd give you double-digit rebounds, double-digit points. I was what they call a grinder in basketball. I did the dirty work. I set screens. I got rebounds. Uh, And most of my points were on putbacks, offensive rebounds. They didn't normally run plays for me when I played basketball, which is a mistake by the coaching staff because I had a mean outside game, mean outside game, and they never took advantage of it. And I'm convinced that if they had allowed me to shoot jump shots back in the day that I would be an NBA player. I'd be like an NBA analyst. <laughs> but they did not allow me to do that. So it's a bad job by them, but I, I it was pretty good. Spot up shooting, I was pretty good. I was not given the chance much. All right, next. <laughs> this one's a little messed up. Ben, uh, this is from Daryl on Twitter. Yeah. Big Ben, was your hiatus back in the day due to an Eddie Lacy-type weight incentive program? Uh... Yes, they thought that I had made too much money, so they thought, I know, we'll give Maller a diet. We'll give him six months and 26 days with no money and see how he survives. Yes, it was an evil plot by the company. They said, yeah, Maller's getting a little plump, so let's fire his ass. We won't pay him, and then we'll see if he's able to, to, to stay plump without food. What a bunch of scoundrels. All right, next. All right, this is a question for everybody on the crew. This is from Justin in Minnesota. Do you have a fear of clowns? And uh, if are you, do you plan on seeing the new It movie? I do not have a fear of clowns. That is not something I have picked up uh, over the years. Now, I don't gravitate towards clowns. When I was a kid and I saw Ronald McDonald, I wasn't, like, freaked out by it, but I didn't want to go hang out with Ronald McDonald. It's odd because I, I don't have a fear of clowns. I don't really care for them that much, but I don't hate them. I'm neutral, but I love mascots. Like, I love mascots in sports. I'm fascinated by like, the Philly Fanatic, Wally the Green Monster, uh, our friend, the great mascot, the greatest mascot of them all, Chuck the Condor, Kaboom, all those mascots. What about you, Eddie? I don't fear them, but I'm not a fan of them either. Oh, and remember we had that stole weird, my answer. We had that weird clown thing going on, was it was about a year ago, oh, where yeah, there were random yeah. clowns just out and about. That, that would be kind of freaky to see. Uh, as far as the new It movie, uh, it does look pretty creepy um i'm usually not a horror fan i'm considering seeing it well no one's going to the movies right now you can have the whole theater to yourself Ed. good i'd like yeah, it when the I'm movie the business is dead yeah uh, danny g ben we're the same age so you'll probably remember this when we were little kids here in la on saturdays or sundays they would do live remotes at McDonald's with the characters there. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Ronald McDonald would be there, Grimace. The Hamburglar. Yeah, the Hamburglar. <laughs> so my mom took me and my older brother to one of these things in Rialto, California, and the guy that was playing Ronald McDonald, he was real grouchy. And uh-huh. he, st- with his big red shoe, he stepped on my older brother's foot and really? made him cry. Wow, what a... <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I remember just kind of hating him from that point on. So I don't, I'm don't. i not scared of clowns, but I don't particularly was, like them. That was a be- life-changing Yeah, been, yeah the dude been, was a jerk. You've been tortured ever since. Man. All right, what about you, Coop? I don't know that anybody likes clowns, really, but... Uh, oh, there are people that like clowns. They collect clown stuff. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not afraid of clowns, and I'm definitely, definitely going to see the the new It movie. That looks that looks awesome. Awesome. All right. So ask Ben your questions, our answers. We will pause for the cause. Keep the questions coming in. We'll have more of Ask Ben. Hopefully, the questions will get better. Uh, we'll get to that, and we'll do it next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There's a whirlwind of excitement going on around our show Reddit page. Search for our subreddit, Ben Maller Show, and get the latest authentic listener-generated content about the Maller Militia. Now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Ben Maller. And back to it we go, the hope, the reality. 
that's really what we're doing. We're balancing hope and reality. It's Ask Ben. Your questions, our answers. It's our evil scheme. Back to it we go. And back to the Coop de Loop. All right. And this uh, next question from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's from Big Lou on Facebook. It's for everybody on the crew. He wants to know, when was your very first date and where did you go? Man, my first date. Uh, I was in high school. I don't even. Rem- I don't really remember my first. Is that bad? I don't remember. Yeah, my first- what? I don't really remember. Uh, I'm trying to think. It clearly was not memorable. It did not end <laughs> well. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. Uh, wow. All right, uh, Eddie. You uh, have uh, yeah. Some she fond memories she asked me out. Uh, oh, what a stud, Eddie. Yeah. I uh, asked. I remember. I asked the uh, the girl I went out without, but. Uh, I thought uh, I've only been asked out one time in my life. Yeah, that, it hasn't happened often for me. Yeah. But at the first, the first one was was uh, was there. I think a sophomore in high school. Uh, we went to the Dairy Queen. Oh, yeah, very romantic. Nice small town move. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's true. Very small town. Danny, let me guess. You were in fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I don't. I don't know if you could consider it a, a date, but. This girl would meet me at the uh, roller skating rink where I was DJing as a teen. <laughs> it was like a teen center, and I got to make these really important announcements, like all skate in the regular skating direction on the, on the microphone. Couple skate only, yeah, couple but, skate. But I was playing the music, too, for the skating. But then the last half hour, Big Ben, they would let me play slow jams that were booming on the big bass speakers, and we would shut down the roller skating and just slow dance and grind on these girls. So that, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I remember grinding on her to the wow. song from Doc Box and Be Fresh, and then we made yeah. out afterwards. Who hasn't done did, that? Did yeah. you do the hokey pokey? No, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no Wasn't that kind of uh, oh, roller okay. skating right? All right. I got you. Very good. Uh, and the Koopaloo. All right. So, I mean, the question's about like your first date. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. take you know, that because, you know, I've had plenty of experiences before this. Oh, but, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you want to clarify. Yeah. But, uh, being but the, a big Hollywood star. Yeah, yeah, of course. But the first date, it was, it was ninth grade, and uh, we went to see Miss Congeniality. Ooh. <laughs> yep. It was the first time, first time making out in the theater. I was, I was super nervous. My dad drove us. Did your dad, <laughs> did your dad sit with you? No, no, dropped us off. So this was in the year two thousand, Coop. Is that when that was? Yeah, wow. yeah, actually, and I I remember oh the whole time, but like leading up before, like my dad and I went to go pick her up. It was a uh, Megan, by the way, just in case. Uh, ah, you know, she's a hot yeah. name. Megan's yeah. a hot name. <laughs> That's a good name. It's like, oh, dad. I know she. I know she's gonna want to make out. What do I do? I knew some. Uh, <laughs> I knew some hot names. Uh, girls named Megan back in the day, back in uh, school. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's cool. But yeah, so uh, Miss Congeniality back in uh, 2000. All right. Very good. Ask Ben your questions, our answers. And boy, I wish I had a better story. I really don't remember. I remember going out, but I, I did not uh, clearly did not go it went well. well. Yeah. No. Well, most no. dates did not go well. That's usually how <laughs> they uh, went. All right, Coop, what do you got? Uh, here's a question for you, Ben. Yeah. What is the longest that you have ever had your hair? The Oh, the longest. Ah. Uh, well, I guess when I was a kid, you know, back in the back in the Stone Age, before the point of uh, enlightenment, when I didn't really control it, but I, I guess I had kind of a mullet at one point when I was a child, like in elementary school, like in third grade or something like that. But yeah, usually I've kept it short, kept it real. When I was playing football, I had like a buzz cut for years, but and now now that I'm older, um, Mother Nature's decided I don't need long hair, so. That's kind of taking care of it for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Next. All right. Uh, this is. It doesn't specify who it's for, uh, but I guess you can answer it, Ben. And if anybody disagrees, they can chime in. All so right. this is from Lance on Facebook. Who is more arrogant, the so- a soccer fan or a Cowboys fan? I'm gonna go soccer fan on this one. I'll tell yes. you why. Because the soccer fan every year reminds us their sport's better than everyone else's and that we are on, like, the wrong side of history because we don't like Number soccer. one in the world. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we're, like, bad Americans because the rest of the world loves, loves the pitch. So annoying. So elitist. I can't stand them. Yeah, so Couldn't I, agree more. All right. We got time for a quick one, possibly? Yes. It's Ask Ben, maybe. Wall mount or TV stand for the big screen? That's from Ariel. A uh, wall mount or uh, what was it? Or TV stand. 
Like, oh, do you, do you I have, mount a, your TV I have a, well, I have both in the house. So, oh, what, what about you, Eddie? Yeah. Uh, I have TV stand because we have a big window where the TV is. Oh, look at you. Yeah, same, window. same for me, TV stand. Yeah, it really depends on the geography of the room, right, Coop? Yeah, yeah TV stand, but I, I, I want to mount it. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Mark everybody. <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.